Warning, the following program may contain views and opinions that are entirely uninformed and are not to be taken to heart. So don't start, it's only art. Please apply now a thick layer of sarcasm protection cream to the insides of your ear canals. Deep chats do not intend to offend, merely pretend until the very end. People don't want to have sex with their dads. Oh, you're moaning about Boris Johnson. Oh, you're moaning about this. Oh, you're moaning about being a woman. Oh, you're moaning about being a bloke. Oh, you're moaning about... Boobs are great. I suppose I should really ask for some Viagra from the doctor, but... Uh, that, that weed is this drug that can't be, it isn't bad and it's great, and it's all hippies and love and it's really harmless. When really I think there should be more of an onus on it being a, a, a psychedelic, really. I'm having a go at you, but I, I'm probably having a go at you because I see the same failure in me. I walk down the street and go, you're all fucking up your own ass because you're not touching each other essentially as you shop around M&S. And I didn't, but I, at one point I thought perhaps I should vote for the Conservative Party. Margaret Thatcher, what the fuck, Nick? What I'm going to do is use the internal Well, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, so we'll use the internal mic. I'm using the headset because the audio is better on the headset. Nice. That's good. Brilliant. Well, thank you for doing this, Nick. Well, thanks for inviting me, uh, Ben. Yeah, no, I appreciate your time. It's fun. I'm excited. I'm excited. And I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, being all creepy and looking at Benedict Moore. And, oh. Did you find it on Facebook? Well, when you said be the second participant or guest on Deep Chats, I then looked up Deep Chats. You couldn't resist, but to see your your, your um, competitor in Chris as the first guest. I loved Chris. I loved the two of you chatting and his. Well, I loved his sexual exploits. That was something to be impressed by. <laughs> yeah, Chris back in the day was a bit of a dog. I can't, honestly, I can't remember what we talked about on the first podcast. To be honest with you. Okay, so that's fresher in my mind than yours. He was talking about house parties he went to. I was going, shit, I never got invited to parties like that. That's, uh, yeah, well, I'm going red now, just thoroughly enjoying the the idea of being in the same room as what was going on. So how come you, you think you didn't get invited to house parties, Nick? Uh, no one said, Nick, come to this house party. We're all taking our clothes off. Do you want to come? I- <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know. Was that the sort of house parties you were having back in the day? Well, you weren't having, sorry, but other people were having. (laughs) Uh, Well, it was the days of hippiness, sex, drugs and rock and roll, free love, all those things. And as part of the Fringe show, I touched on the idea that I was just about a hippie, but never... (laughs) Couldn't do the drugs very well, and the and, and, and the free love didn't didn't happen for me. I think I overthought everyone. Like people were too scared of the. Who's going to ask you questions when we're shagging? I don't want that. <laughs> they just want the sex. They don't want anything else. They don't want the connection. Yeah, I don't want a connection. <laughs> I don't, yeah, there was one woman, girl, woman. What? Oh, 
I wanted her to be my girlfriend. I said, well, shall we be boy and girlfriend? And she said, no. <laughs> uh, she was the nearest I had spiritually connection-wise. No, no. Of all the other friends, male or female, or anyone else, that, no, no, nobody wanted anything physical, just to, yeah. No, you're kind of fun to be with some of the time, Nick, but... It's, it's, oh, it's yeah. weird, that, isn't it? I think the, the toe in the line of not wanting to be in the friend zone and seem too friendly. It, and so, so being not too friendly in some instances makes you more sexually attractive because there's a bit more mysteriousness around you. And you, you, people don't want to have sex with their dad. Or someone that that is like that. You know what I mean? And how yes. weird is that? Yes. How unfair is that? <laughs> you don't want to have sex with someone. Well, the other thing that occurred as I've thought about those years is that there, I was too nice. They don't want nice. They. That's. There's a sense that there's a this this friend who, who I asked to be my girlfriend. Uh, she got into relationships that you'd call well. They're not they're not that healthy as a as, as a as a. But she would actively search out someone who would um, abuse is the wrong word. That's not what I mean at all. But. But would take the a, a bit like Chris was talking from the dominating role, so, something that, that that they would take as a no, no, I don't want to, this is this isn't I don't want to be nice at the minute. I'm not doing something nice, and I don't want to be nice. I want to <laughs> I, I want someone that they, treats they me. want someone to be uh, yeah they want someone to play rough, and if they look at you yes. and think that you're not capable of playing rough. Then yeah, then that that component of the relationship or won't be able to be fulfilled. That being the sexual component, it's it's bizarre. Um, that it's bizarre that people don't they're not willing enough to trust that you will have that component. If because there are people out there that are really nice, but then in the bedroom they can become a bit of a demon. But that you know people aren't willing to. People, everybody, everybody makes snap judgments of people, don't they? When really the the person is usually a lot more complex than that. Um, and that, yeah. And I think we struggle with that complexity in real life. We we need that in a more fictional way. For myself, I can watch porn, whereby I this is all the things that you've just said. It can be rough it can be manipulative it can be submissive it can be dominating and, and and there's something that's going on in my head but if that was happening in the room with me oh no that that wouldn't be the same this is a, a this is a mental place i'm going to and and that's whatever ends up happening physically mm, that's it's not about the physical it's about the mental place that that goes to that's that's almost without any 
stimulation. It's just the head goes to somewhere. Yeah. What well, are you saying that in general, or are you saying that that's something specific to you, where you are more? It's it it, it there doesn't need to be physical stuff. There also there, there just almost needs to be a, a, a mental jousting for one of the last yeah. cringy phrase. Um, <laughs> let's have more cringy phrases oh let's just fill it full of cringe it, it's the mental thing and now being old and um i, I suppose i should really ask for some viagra from the doctor but the, the actual ability to to be a great lover i know I, I, I can't do that actually anymore <laughs> Not that I was ever a great lover, I don't, but I, I don't have the physical uh, wherewithal to satisfy someone else. Certainly not for hours on end, maybe for a couple of minutes. <laughs> uh, but, but that doesn't mean I don't love sex. It's, there's no connection between having a hard on and sexually stimulated for me. Ooh. Okay, because I was going to say that there is like a physical coordination that you need, I suppose, to be good at sex. You know, you need to be sort of yes. malleable enough to get in certain positions. Yeah, that bendy, oh, that would be great. <laughs> or, you know, as you say, the stamina to keep going for a long period of time. Um, but yeah, so I, so that so it's never been for you a physical thing you've had it's never been it, no, it has been in the past okay. i think but now now i can keep mentally going sexually mm. for hours right i could never do that physically so if i was at one of those house parties that chris yeah. was at uh yeah well that, <laughs> okay that was great but now okay well 10 minutes in yeah i did pretty well 10 minutes and <laughs> Uh, but in my head, I can control the the need for stimulation. That when you're with someone else, you can't transfer the yet yet on off on off or just a little, just a bit more. That there isn't a sense of that perfection that you can achieve on your own because you can't transfer that. I, 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 just somebody talking to you during sex that doesn't work right not all the time well if, if I'm catching you drift I think I beg to differ it, for, for, for myself in, in that you can control I think like for me I think the, the body and mind is kind of joined in that sense I can in my head I know when I'm going to ejaculate and when you ejaculate that's game yeah. over you know after that you yeah. know the you've hit the the peak the pinnacle and it's downhill from there for a bit once you get reacquainted with yeah. reality um but i could yeah. sort of i can notice that i can notice my body and my mind get into that place and then i can go okay let's back off and then go down is that a back off physically and mentally yes it kind of has to be because if i'm there mentally and so say if i backed off physically a bit but then Mentally, I was still there. I'm still going to reach the peak, but it's just going to be slightly slower. But what I want to do is get as close to the peak as I can without peaking and then dip yeah. down. And then, yeah. and it's weird. Yeah. And, and guys must, 
I think a lot of guys would resonate with what we just said because it is that because I think a lot of guys can can peak can ejaculate very quickly because I mean they're great <laughs> survivors, aren't they? Um, you know, from, a, from a biological standpoint, the pe- the the men that are able to to ejaculate quick, they're gonna they're gonna um, put more seeds out there, and they're gonna have more offspring. Yeah. Um, so, I think a lot of guys go on that journey where they're like, right, I can't, I can't, I can't end this a minute in, and I don't particularly want to end this a minute in. So there is this like mental and physical battle where you get into that peak. And you know you get into that peak, and then you've got to stop yourself. It's so weird. Right at the point that the the honey is there, all ready to eat, and then you've got to stop. It's quite a selfless act, isn't it? So assuming that one is with someone, your lover, your partner at the time, I've had some sense, not that I've had sexual partners coming out of my... I don't have a long list of sexual partners, but... But they they wonder what? Well, why are you holding back? I, I don't need you to. I need to carry on full. This is keep going full for another twenty minutes, and it'll be great. No, I, I can't. I can't do that. I've got to stop. Oh no, silly. Uh, so the, the thinking about what the lover wants, it is in itself. Uh, you can't another angle I, I'm, I'm not in control I'm not, not trying to be controlling anyone but I'm not in control of what they're wanting or needing because I can't perform at the level that they need me to format for their perfect lover what they what they require yeah for the best um, experience for them and then that's that's, well, that's what's great about good sex is because it's uh, and that's what love making I think is because it's it's a balance and you're helping each other out and you're catering to each other's needs but I mean I think I watched I watched a documentary I think it was a BBC3 documentary recently and it was on the rise of like the use of Viagra and how that links to porn whatever because porn represents sort of unrealistic sex, sex expectations um and therefore, guys are, are seeing this and going, okay, I need to be able to last for 30 minutes, say. Um, and then they're going to buy Viagra and stuff. Um, but I feel like there's, there's, there's kind of ways around it. Uh, and having that control, it's like if, if you can't go for that long, then switch to something else, come back to that. Just keep the momentum going, I think, is the 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 thought um so i i completely gone off on one i've I've had a few sexual images in my mind and my head has gone the complete on, on a tangent of its own <laughs> great where's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where's it gone now i think it was trying to go to the Porn is, I think porn is um, like setting unrealistic goals now. However, I think that in doing that, it's bringing everybody closer to those goals, if that makes sense. So, because yeah. people are sort of, yeah. Yeah. people are, 
trying to reach that. Therefore, they're getting better at it, if that makes sense. Yes, they can see. It's like getting better at anything. If you, if you see the pros play tennis, you go, oh, wait a minute. I, uh, maybe I should copy what they're doing or at least go on a training regime to... Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. And I think that's really interesting. Um, and I think that just links to the wider idea of how big a role media can play on a person's development. Um, like huge, huge amounts, in my opinion. Because it, it, you, you're setting your whole framework up for the world in what you see. So if you see that, then that's going to be your idea of what it is. You know, you don't, why, why, why would you think of anything else? You know, wh- where would you get anything else from? I think it would be an interesting experiment. I don't know how you'd measure it, but I think people are probably getting better at sex now than they were when, before the, the rise of the internet. But it'd be, it'd be a weird experiment to do. <laughs> I think, I think my hypothesis would be proved correct. I, 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 uh, if you need volunteers, I'm down there. But the, the I, I, yeah, I see where you're coming from, and I'd sort of nod and go, yeah. I, I mean, just hearing Chris talk about the house parties and and what the the young women were doing, that was part. The biggest part of what he was talking about was what the woman was wanting to do in, in that freedom that they had in that relatively closed environment of that house party. They could do whatever was in their heads. There, there was no having to, could, they could enjoy themselves to their fantastical imagination. Yeah. That, that, that seemed a big difference to it. anything that went on when I was at school of that age, not that I was involved, but anything I would have heard about, I, I, I got good ears, I can hear people chit chat. No, that that was never something that came up as a as women enjoying set set and having some control. No, having some freedom for their own fun of it, rather than the satisfaction of. And that's one of the good things, I suppose, isn't it? The sort of that liberation that it doesn't, there's, there's less stigma around it. Um, but then then maybe it's become less sacred and then maybe that is bad. Maybe it's too sort of flimsily thrown about nowadays. What do you think? Flimsily thrown about. Thrown about in different ways. Uh, the internet certainly makes the next level of uh, access to... Uh, uh, the thing with porn, if we're just sticking with porn rather than sex, the thing with porn is you, you open up one mag uh, when I was in... in how old would I, when I first had a wank? 1970, one, two... How old are you? 13, 13, 13. I think I was around 13 as well, actually. Yeah, go on, carry on. So, but, but, so the picture that you'd first wank off to, you'd go, 
that's amazing. The next time, yeah, I can just about, but now I need the next thing up and the next thing up and the next thing up. And now, <laughs> am I allowed to say this? The guy's dead. My father used to buy a magazine. I used to read, without anyone in the family, I used to read his magazine. Um, and and he had a hoard of them. When he died, we went through the house and cleaned it. Underneath floorboards, behind things, Maggie's porn would drop out of the ceiling. It, it, was a, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Dad, it was great. No worries. Um, but when we looked at the porn and, and the images, it was, it, there was nothing turning on us about it. It just wasn't enough in that. And I've seen this. This is... Uh, this isn't nothing and, and that, but on the internet now i go no no the stuff that is uh, arousing no, but not in a magazine anymore no. it's a natural progression to but, yeah yeah it was all sort of nuts magazine and now it's it yeah you, you have it all at your disposal it's not just sort of tits and a bit of bum now it's the plethora no. there right straight away and it's like it's weird because I, I remember when I yeah sort of first started wanking uh, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't like vagina it would just be boobs that, that, that's, that would be the thing yeah. it would be boobs boobs are great they're sort of just, there's nothing um, they're just they're round they're beautiful they're just they're you know that there's no messing about there's no and then, and, but then like I didn't. I didn't enjoy the sight of vaginas, which is so weird when you think about it. Um, I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> vagina for the boobs." Oh no! Ooh. It was like yeah. the, the nice. vagina was all sort of. It was a bit messy and a bit like a bit gloopy, and I, I didn't. I didn't like that. I just like the. It was more when you think about it. It was probably boobs are more of like a <laughs> you because you can grab them. And you can sort of move them about. It was more of a, a lustful energy, I think. You know what I mean? You can really get into some boobs, but apparently you've got yeah. to be sort of gentle yeah. and, and you can't, you can't yeah. just. And I think that sort of young, <laughs> sort of heightened, I'm loving that, huh? young heightened hormonal lust just wanted the boobs because I can just, I can bite them. But the vagina, no, no, that's all, that's all gooey. And no, I'd have to be, I'd have to be sort of, um, I'd have to be sensual in a way. And then as older, I think maybe it's an ego thing. um, But when you're sort of realizing that you're wanting to actually like sexually interact with girls instead of just watch it. And um, no, you've got to get to grips with that thing, and you've got to—you can't just go gun ho with that. Um, It's—it is very bizarre that I think, um, and I, rec- I again, I, I theorise that a lot of guys—I know a lot of guys that liked boobs first as a gateway drug. Okay. Okay. Some yes. So going full circle. We're just going to talk for, on porn for like hours. <laughs> Who knows? The place <laughs> I can go to now isn't is often very sensual, and the, the, the connecting with 
someone who's looking as though they're enjoying themselves. I'm not going to say they are enjoying themselves. This is poor, but looking as though they're enjoying themselves. I'm looking for something that that is a sensual that connection over the internet to, to me that's going, and that that arousal to, to take me to orgasm can be just the touch of a body, the touch of a breast, the touch of, it, it hasn't got to be anything to do with penetration. It hasn't got to do anything to do with the vagina. It hasn't got to have anything other than a genuine looking sensual, where that person is losing themselves to something that isn't every day, that they've lost the inhibitions of performing to anyone who's around you or even on your own, you're still following rules. No, all the rules are out the window. And it's that rules are out the window place that I feel a, a spiritual connection to as well. And I'm trying to, bizarrely trying to join something spiritual with porn. Nick, no, mate. You're just trying to find excuses for watching porn. But that, <laughs> no, really, it's fine. It's very spiritual for me. You know, yeah, yeah, it's spiritual. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> no matter how many times I say honestly, but honestly, there is a spiritual connection that I can be in for it. Uh, hours that is not it's the honesty of it I, 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 this is this is me being me this is me wanting that this is me looking as, at that as though I was with that person and I was touching her in the way that she's touching herself or someone else I, 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 that's me and, and that's the honesty of it rather than Mm, no, I, don't, I, I want to see that honesty in everyone. I walk down the street and go, you're all fucking up your own ass because you're not touching each other sensually as you shop around M&S. Uh, and that, that barrier that we put up, it very rarely comes down. And I don't think it ever comes down in ordinary social gatherings. But on porn, no, it comes down. I, I yeah that resonated with me hugely I think because yeah I think I, I have the same thoughts it's kind of like when I meet a lot of people I kind of I, I kind of get frustrated in the sense that I'm like or I just I marvel that they're not asking the same questions as me or it's, it's like that this is a cynical way of putting it but almost like they're they're not being honest with themselves and they're lying to themselves what's I'm like so adamant about always telling the truth to myself so what I mean by that is like there's so many I feel like I can see through, I can see all these rules and I can I can sort of I understand why they're there but at the same time I'm like why, why isn't why aren't people sort of baffled by them regularly um and, and I think when you talk about something seeing something true and honest and that resonated with you i think i had the same thing and that's why i probably gravitated to, towards podcasts and porn but <laughs> podcasts um, because there is the greatest podcasts for me are when there are no you losing your inhibitions and you're just you're being as honest as possible and that is just so 
it's so great to hear. It's it's euphoric in a way. Just it, it's difficult to describe. I, I crave that honesty. So so when I complimented you on that podcast with Chris, it's it's the honesty of it. And if and when you watch a pod here, I, I don't even bother to listen to many. I, I usually listen to them because my wife's listening to them, and it's just. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, oh, you're moaning about Boris Johnson. Oh, you're moaning about this. Oh, you're moaning about being a woman. Oh, you're moaning about being a bloke. Oh, you're moaning about. Oh, it's, it's, uh, I've got no excitement in listening to mainstream anything. No, that's. I'm going to say yeah. anything, but no, there's odd bits. But it's it's so rare to find enough truth or someone just being honest about th- their position that 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 paradoxical thing that i'm having to go at you but i'm probably having to go at you because i see the same failure in me but i want to fix you and therefore i can get my frustration of me being imperfect out on the person who's obviously so fucking imperfect they're not even fucking trying there's so many bits that it, it occupies most of my day as to trying to get out of the hate and into the no that's you as well nick you are both of them you yeah yeah i uh, uh i get into um i regularly sort of write notes down when i have thoughts and stuff and i remember on many occasions, I've wanted, well, I have done, I've, I've written a note where the title is, everybody's an idiot, including me. It's like, I'm just so frustrated at everyone, but then I just think, yeah, but I am also very much a part of that. Um, yes. But, yeah. And it's that realisation that, that, no, I, you are a fucking cunt. Yeah, I'm a fucking cunt as well. Uh, and to stay in where where does where does that actually come from and you start to explore that's where you lose the cuntless and you become an explorer you're now exploring where does that come from i'm not saying i'm not that but i'm now slightly separate to it because i'm exploring what where what the root of that is inside me yeah and it's weird that that you have that urge to do that and it's weird that a lot of other people don't have that urge to, or that tenacity to, in their brain to really find out what's going on um, and trying to join dots and, and figure out stuff when you're likely not going to be able to. That's probably the, the inner sort of philosopher in us. But um, yeah, For it, it, I think so like, people trying to separate themselves it's it's a technique that people do where they they in order to see everything you need to separate yourself from yourself and people do that through meditation um in in popping out of your thoughts and then being able to see clearer and then people do that through through drugs and people talk about like ego death with like like ayahuasca or dmt or with high doses of psilocybin um, which is the component found in mushrooms and LSD, I think. And it's this right. ego death where you, yourself is is crushed and you can permanently be in that state of um, being separate from your cunt self and looking yes. at and figuring stuff out. Um, 
But I don't know, you because you mentioned um, at the start that you never really clicked with drugs, which I, I thought was interesting. Elaborate on that if you can. I've only ever smoked dope or eaten it. And the... I always needed to be with someone that could help me through the first bit and then I would enjoy a mm. two, three hours of, uh, 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 of a change. But not persona, a, a change. Consciousness. Yeah, yeah, change consciousness. But the effort of getting to that place and, uh, and the, the modest uncontrollability of getting to that place. I remember one time we, we were at a friend's house and we were like, okay, we've, we've got loads of dope here, let's start smoking and then we're all going to get to, it'll be great, right? And, and no one ever got high in a fun way. It, we all just get, nothing, it's not working tonight. So that frustration, it wasn't, it wasn't controllable. So you found that when you were getting high, you were almost having a bad trip. Or was it? Was it? Was it? Was it? Was it just sort of uh, uh, mediocre, or was it particularly bad when it happened? Was- so there's, th- there's there's three types. There's one would be a, a, a non thing. You'd smoke enough to be high, but nothing seemed to happen. One where you smoked and you went through a small transition and then it was great that's a, 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 a not a paranoid one but a uh i can see all the shit bits about me oh I, i'll just stay stuck in the shit bits and that's when a friend would help pull out of the shit bits to okay let's see the bigger thing again uh-huh. uh, or just stay stuck in the shit bit yeah for longer than was fun mm. I, but I think I think um, a person who you were probably like um, listening to is a guy called Duncan Trussell, who is like this comedian, but he's very into psychedelics and stuff. He he's done this um, new Netflix series called The Midnight Gospel and stuff. And what he in the very first episode he talked about we um, being. Uh, in, in high doses, being able to point out things that you need to improve on, um, and then it being like a like a psychedelic in that sense, and then you can come back from it and you can go, God, I really do need to start doing exercise a bit more because it points it out for you. Mm, mm, um, mm. But then I, I kind of I, I listen to that, and part of me is like, Yeah, yeah, that is good and useful, but also it can be a bit of a pain in the ass if. If, you, if you're using it quite a lot and it's constantly being pointed out to you and then, then you can just get in, in your own head in a negative spiral. If, if you, especially if you don't, if you haven't encountered that perception of how to see these things. So if you go in with the perception of, okay, this is going to point out some rubbish stuff, but this is helping me. And then therefore I can go on to change these things. That's great. But a lot of people don't have that. Instead, you go into this experience, say if you get really high, and then it points out these shit things. And then as one would, you naturally sort of take the perception of, oh, yeah, those are rubbish. Um, and then you, you never really improve on them. 
you know, that's a route that your, your mind could, could, could go down sort of thing. Um, so you, it's, uh, things are pointed out, but you, but, but it, it's just a point again. It's not, it never is taken to another, you don't then change those things that are pointed out. You just see, see them for what they are, but you just like, well, that's, that's me. That's who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. Yeah. You could do that. But then if you keep on, say if you, you were to get high regularly on a regular basis, because there is a culture of, um, a lot of people sort of convinced that weed is good in, and is a flawless drug and people that take it every night and whatever to help them sleep in some senses. And it does work for that. Absolutely. But when you're doing that and when you're kind of, um, forcing yourself to do it every night almost because uh, your friends are doing it or whatever, or because of this culture that exists, then <laughs> for the drug to keep on pointing out your flaws isn't necessarily beneficial for you. I think Terence McKenna, who is like a, a guy who is sort of uh, an author of psychedelic books and experimented with drugs a lot, said that weed should be used in high doses sporadically as a psychedelic. But the, the culture at the moment is that it's almost like it's better for you than alcohol because it is in, in the sort of physical sense and that it's sort of a, a willy-nilly drug that you can take all the time. But I think for some people it's not, it's not good for you. So, the, so the, there's an analysis there that goes, okay, Taking this drug will point out the things that are bad. Does it ever point out that taking the drug is bad? I think it does. If you take, again, the layer higher. I think it does. Like in my experience, I've had that where you kind of just join the dots and you go, oh, this is, this is bad. Um, but it's weird how some people can block that out. And I feel like when, when the environment is... And again, I, th I think there really is an environment of this, uh, that, that weed is this drug that can't be, isn't bad and it's great and it's all hippies and love and it's really harmless. I think you could, it's weird because you convince yourself, no, that's, no, it's fine. It's weed. This is nothing. This is, you know, I, when really I think there should be more of an onus on it being a really, a, a psychedelic really. I don't think people see it as that, really. I don't know. That's just that's just the vibe I've I got from sort of online cultures um, mm. and and people's opinions of it, especially at uni. Seeing that at uni, and I think I've fallen into that trap as well. But in that, knowing some modest about you from previous conversations, that even if I'd have enjoyed drugs or been able to handle them better I still can't think that this, I, I, I would have forever turned off something that went well let's analyze what the drugs are doing and let's analyze the anal an analysis of what the drugs are. and let's analyze the analysis of the and so th 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 those layers I, I can't not think those things even when I've gone, yeah, I think that's fine. I think I've worked that out. I think I understand that now. 
an hour later you go, yeah, but what about this? You haven't really understood that. And, and what is this understanding shit that you're compelled to do? What? Uh, and you kind of you can't help yourself but go over um, the footsteps you've already made in the sand, sort of thing, in those trains of thought. You can't help but go over them because maybe on the way, one of those footsteps you could have veered off another way, and and you just you're endlessly sort of going over those footsteps natural footsteps of thought to to find an answer find a fucking answer <laughs> it's it's fruitless when you think about it but but some some of us are obsessed with finding answers and that annoys the fuck out of my wife and and many of i think my kids to some extent <laughs> You know, oh, next, we'll just stop talking about this. You were just, we, we've enough. Yeah, no, but I, okay, that's fine. And therefore, you, 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 you stop yourself going, yeah, but what about that? Yeah, but occasionally you find someone that enjoys, okay, what's, what is the next question to ask? There's always a next question. There's always the next. And that journey to the next, you can also look at it and go, what do you mean? All of you, all of your being is about always finding what the next thing is. Well, no, it's not that either. I'm more than just trying to understand everything. But that's the thing I do most easily. If I drift away, I struggle to think of loving thoughts or pretty thoughts I'll, I'll, I'll just go to uh, what can I uh, uh, let me analyze what I'm thinking I, w- I wonder if I can the, the, there's always something jarring up the the the, 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 the utopian either vision or the the, the the perfect feeling or the sex or whatever it might be no there'll be a thought because you're there. trying to stay um, analytical and in doing that you can't get emotional and you're so aware of that um, but that, that's what I find anyway when I'm at, at that level and, and you're gonna, you, you hear people going you know the meaning of life is all peace and love and, and that does make a lot of sense I, I get that train of thought but then when I'm when I'm trying to criticise that you know I can think of a lot of reasons why that isn't the case um, and then you, you go to the, I think a, a fact which I always um, hit myself with is um, just the insignificance of yourself in the greater cosmos, because that kind of is a fact. And that, that's something that, that, that floats in my head quite a lot. And, I, I, and that, I can't figure out whether that's a, a dark thing or a brilliant thing that you're insignificant. So that insignificance, I think, works two ways. It can take you out of your, I am so fucking special because I'm so fucking clever. I'm so able to make everyone else look so fucking stupid that, no, Nick, you're fucking irrelevant, mate. Okay, so perhaps I am after all. But also, there are people... I've talked now for the first time. I've I've started talking to homeless people. In the past, I've I've just how did you get there? Let let me tell me your story, and I'll be able to analyze it, and then I'll be able to fix your life for you. 
that would be great, right? <laughs> Who wouldn't want that? Uh, no, it's not a fixingness. It, it, it's a, it's a bonding. It's a sharing. It, it's it's a even just talking with someone. I, I can talk to two or three in York, and they've all kind of said, "Thanks for talking." It's not been, can you give us some cash? Although that is always handy. It's been the fact that you're treating us as a, a, a valuable human being. <laughs> Sounds very cliched as well. So just being a human being is in itself that's a very special thing. To, to be conscious, that's that's actually amazing. So a part of it. No, we are insignificant, and that helps bring me down from I'm so fucking special. But the people I see, and, and they almost don't deserve any respect. Well, how can you say someone doesn't deserve respect? They are a human being. That Every human being deserves some respect. And, and that doesn't build respect by going, actually, you're insignificant. I don't, yeah. You're too small to exist in the universe, really. But yeah, I feel like you could flip it both ways. You know, you could say that you know every, everybody. So we're all insignificant, but I'm feeling these emotions. I'm just gonna I'm gonna indulge in them to the max, and then I can do horrible things to people because we're insignificant in the grand grand scheme of things doesn't matter anyway does it i mean come on it's like a grain of sand getting chucked in the sea um killing a person or whatever so i see i feel like it can be flipped both sides you could the other the other stance is if you compare the vastness of the galaxy to nothing at all then the small bit you are is significant when compared to absolutely nothing, you know? If that makes sense. So like even having the life even having the life at all is is significant in that way. Therefore everyone's significant. Therefore there should be this sort of respect and and joining together and yeah go on yeah you're making me think of two sides the physical side and the the soulful side or the the heart side or the conscious side if you say well i weigh uh 70 i weigh less than i did a few months ago anyway i weigh 80 kilograms In, in the scheme of the earth let alone the solar system, the galaxy, or the universe, that, that, that mass is not much at all. But how many other conscious things in the universe have we found? Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm one of a few billion then. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing compared to one in a gazillion, trillion, forever alien. The, 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 Whoa, that's that's really that. All of a sudden, you've just made your importance jump up an incredibly big amount. So, what is consciousness then? Become what? What makes consciousness special? Where did that come from? Yeah, I think I think 
you, you, you think about, okay, maybe I'm, I'm, there's about a billion species of that say that are conscious. But then if you times that by time itself and the fact that the universe has ever expanded, then it may not even be one in a billion. It is more like one in an infinity sign. Uh, it could well turn out to be that. So I've, I've made something, I've started to count something that I started off as, as trying to get away from the physical aspect. And then, and then I brought in, well, I'll make that one out of 10 billion. I made it physical again. Yeah, you're right. That, that's a flaw, isn't it? And for so many things that we do, we try and some, turn something inquantifiable into something quantifiable or something surreal into something literal. And in doing so, you've lost the, 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 the infinity, something surreal. Well, I, I, I can't hold it. It's, it's too big to hold. It's, whoa, it's everywhere. But by making it literal, oh, yeah, it's just, you, you lose the beauty of it. You, what, what's beauty there? You can't, if, 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 you, if you want to squash us to be small enough to say we're insignificant, then you've also got to squash the things that are infinite and surreal. You've got to squash beauty doesn't exist anymore. You can't even use the word beauty now. You can't use the word love or soul or imagination. You can't anything. You've just got to stay with literal things that we can put on a piece of paper and know the science behind. That's not what we are. We're not that. And that's that's what I also remind yeah, remind myself. So if yeah. It, it, if you, if you, yeah, I mean, you've summarized it better than I ever could. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Another fact, as well as there being uh, the, the, the cosmos is infinite, is that this weird sense, this weird connection thing called love definitely does exist. Um, where the fuck does it come from? Why do we get this positive plus sign instead of a minus sign when we feel it? You know, like that is also a fact in itself as well. So I think that's the, the thing that you've got to remind yourself when you're, you're going on these trails of thought and you're kind of, you're jousting with yourself. You're mentally jousting with yourself again, you know, and it, it can get a bit dark when you go into this level of thought or whatever. I, I feel like all a, a, comf, a comfort for myself is, yeah, but there is a thing called love. There is a thing called beauty in it. It definitely does exist. So, you know, it kind of anchors you back in a way. Um, yeah. What a perfect way to describe it. But I, I remember um, when we had a chat um, in Edinburgh, um, a, it was a year ago now. Yeah. It would have been a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's on that way. Yeah. It's not going on this year, which is such a shame. Um, but I remember, uh, we were in we were in the cafe um and we were trying to sort of think about we were trying to um articulate i think maybe the the feeling of there being a perfection in the world and something that just sits right in every dimension and whether that's possible and we were we were going on layers of thought to 
this high point. It was very, it was very weird. And I was, and I said, you know, maybe the the act of talking about it and mentally jousting about it—that's uh, the third time that term has been used—is the closest you can get to that euphoria point. Um, and and I remember you sort of sitting back, sort of taken aback by that, and sitting back and being and. And I've thought about that that moment quite a lot. And, and that is why I think conversation and podcasts are the best form of media out there. And that is why me, as a perfect human being, or as near as you can, perfect human being, is going into this field. Because it's better than music, this art form. It's better than movies. Fuck that. Conversation is the purest and highest you can go, I think. <laughs> and and you're, you're, you're reiterating in many ways what people have found out through the centuries, millennia. The key thing in, I'm going to misquote this, the key thing in Plato's stuff is dialectic, which is talking to find truth. You you don't just talk bollocks. You you have to build truth upon truth. And when you've built that, you have to build another truth on the truth that you've just made. it's, It's a methodology to find the next thing it's got to be talked which is what you're saying it's a dynamic hegel in early 19th century i think talked about the science of logic logic of science i've forgotten which way it's called um but but goes back to there's a dynamism it's not it's not literal it's active. Once you've done that, once you've found this position, that's not the position. From that position, you can then move to this position. When you're in this position, that's not the position. You move to somewhere else. Dynamic. It's a dynamic. Life is a dynamic thing. You haven't fixed it. You haven't understood it once and for all. You haven't lived the thing once and for all. It's always moving and changing. And that talking, if it's in, in that Plato style, of, it, it, it's, it's for a purpose, to, to build the next thing. And there's always the next thing to build. That becomes an infinite thing. It, it's implicitly infinite. You've never fit. It's not. It's, it's forever. I, I read someone who'd read Hegel, and you felt they've read it and tried to make it literal. If you read that, the point of reading that argument and similar ones would be, well, now I will live my life with with that dynamic. It will never be, I fixed it. But so many people want to read stuff to, to pull something literal from it and say, this is the thing Hegel was saying. No, he wasn't saying that. That is one of the things he said. But he said, you've got to move from there to the, no, no, he said that. And they, they haven't lived what they've read. All they've done is read it and extracted something literal and stopped there. Yeah, and there's the answer. Yeah, and it's, it, I think that's what frustrates me. It doesn't frustrate me, I don't know. I want to use the word frustrate, why not? Frustrates me about people that um, that discount spirituality as 
just something that is just hogwash or I don't know. It, it, it just sort of signifies to me that that person is is very much in the box. And yes, I am cringing <laughs> as I'm saying the word spirituality and in the box. Caricature of myself as I'm saying it. But I, I, I stand by it when, when somebody sort of discounts that. I'm like, I don't want to say they're an idiot. I just want to go think about it more. Just really test yourself and think about it. Go there. When you when you want it to stop, just try and go further. And then you kind of it's like you can discount nothing. There is not an answer to everything. And that doesn't mean to say that, you know, we should um discount science or whatever, because science is the science is the opposite of that, actually. It's trying to search for that answer and it realises that nothing, nothing is permanent. Uh, not, not Nothing is permanent. Nothing is a final answer. Um, but there's this weird... With some people, there is this, like, self-righteous attitude that I am a, a logicalist and I... And therefore, I am science-based and I am... And there are things that don't happen and do happen. And I just think that's restricting. I think that's illogical in a I way. Do. You know what I mean? And that, that in itself is lost. Uh, it's lost the infinite. You can look at people's arguments as to does infinity exist or not? And if you start from a position that is purely... Um, literal well show, show it me so if, you, if you can't fucking show it me it doesn't exist right yeah well no, no, well if you say that's the biggest number I, I can always make one bigger so you, you know no, no, it doesn't fucking exist i can't you can't show me right but if you follow that argument through and i won't be able to do that off the top of my head but philosophers oh, come have, on mate. can i expect it better than that it, <laughs> it ends up with with a paradox and that paradox then becomes put under the carpet and pretend it doesn't exist or explain that paradoxes aren't real and therefore uh, but if however you start from the infinite and say yes but from the infinite I can make finite things then you can encompass everything. If you start from the literal and try and make it infinite, you'll just go, well, you, you can't. So you've got to start with something bigger. When you make a set of numbers, that so the, the integers, it's infinite. When we were talking about how many, oh, it's, it's going to be big. As soon as you bound it and say, this is the set of integers, You've made something bigger than the set of integers. You've made a, you, something beyond it. You've made something that is a description of something, and therefore it must in itself implicitly be bigger than the thing that it's described, because it, the thing is described, it, it's held within it. And some of those arguments that the philosophers go through people almost fall into two camps you either you see love and spiritual and big and infinity and you can also see the little 
you can see the literal and the finite. But the people that are in the other bit, that, are, that only want to see the literal, that only want to see the certainty, that only want to see if it's science, then I'll believe it. If not, I don't want to believe. It. Then that's constra that constraint is is overpowering, and it becomes you're just limiting who you are and what humanity is and what what you you. you and that doesn't feel that's not a great place to be. And and I can sometimes see that as I if I were to do that to myself, I would just be like, well, I'm not being honest with myself. I, it's like I can't, I can't stop myself thinking and, and relax for a bit, whatever. But really, I feel like if I. I just think I'm not being honest with myself and it comes back to what we were talking about with honesty. Like if I was being that, um, sort of, what's the word? Like clamped down in my position, then I just be like, well, I'm lying to myself. And as soon as I clamp that, that down, why aren't they thinking, Oh, well, I'm lying to myself here because yeah. I'm deliberately putting yeah. a barrier down. You know what I mean? I'm not, to say that something is absolute, I would just be like, well, that's, I would, it's weird that I frame it in the way of mm. I'm lying to myself instead of just going, oh, that's how I think. Um, but I, I don't know whether, um, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking I could move this conversation over to sort of the political realm and ideologies and people that this people that sit on the left and then sit on the right. And I think it can come down to identity in a way when you are saying that you are a person on the right, you know, and then it gets linked with your identity. I'm a person mm -hmm. on the left. Um, and then as soon as you kind of make it your identity, you restrict yourself in a lot of ways, yeah. I feel. Um, and that's why I kind of, that's my problem with ideologues, people that fully believe 100% in an ideology because then you can't not say they, they can't change their minds but you're making it a lot harder for yourself and I feel like you have a lot of this yeah. at the moment with uh, with people on the on the left and the right um, that I'm just so they're so militant mm -hmm. and believing in their side then there's there's no wiggle room there's no and I, I, and that I feel that's a similar thing to this literal thing. You've got to start excluding people and ideas, and and actually, that though that the things that you're excluding, um, they won't all be wrong. <laughs> they won't all be shit just because they're not left because they're not of your group. Um, that you're trying to make a group be perfect, and groups aren't perfect. There was a famous, um, very left-wing philosopher, Simone Weil, in the uh, early 20th century. Um, she went to great pains to, she, she was from the middle class, upper middle class perhaps, but she went to great pains to feel and to live as a, as a worker. And you can imagine working in a, a factory in those days was was that was tough. You, you didn't know if you had work the next day. You were, had terrible 
atmosphere to work in. And she found that the left-wing views were mostly right, let's say. She certainly couldn't think of fascist views in those times. She was, would have been anti-fascist completely. But she also found through her writings and, uh, and as she um, had more experience that any one particular party that you, you've just been saying, even though she was from such a left-wing thing, because she was a thinker, she she would continue to look at what she was and who who the people in the party, what, what, what their agendas were, who were they trying to manipulate. And eventually, she, even though she kept her left-wing views in terms of needing anyone and everyone to have rights, the political parties she started to separate herself from because they, they, they became constricting in, in uh, because they wanted it, they had, it had to be literal and her, 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 her mind went beyond the literal it, it, it went to the infinite and she could see the failings of something almost man-made as a political party yeah uh, where, where would you put yourself on the political spectrum <laughs> <laughs> to just discount what <laughs> everything that you've just said about the infinite. <laughs> so, so you have to choose one or left or right. If uh, you had to make um, the the infinite um, finite, and you had to make the indescribable describable, where would you put yourself on the political spectrum? I would put myself with the 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 the, the flawed. I, 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 I wouldn't go on a march. I, I would vomit if, 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 if I had to utter the words, I love Boris Johnson. But in the 1980s, the early 1980s, I could also see that some of, also felt that some of the union stuff was was holding someone with my engineering creativity back, and I didn't. But I at one point I thought perhaps I should vote for the Conservative Party. Margaret Thatcher, what the fuck, Nick? So depending what was in it for me, oh, perhaps was, yeah, I could do with less paying less tax, I'm struggling to keep my business going, I probably should vote for them. But I never have, but I have seen why people would vote for any of those things in a practical way, I would go, yeah. But at my core being, I would struggle now to, to vote for anyone who oppressed the poor. Now, how you fund the poor, how you fund the underprivileged, I don't know. I've got because uh, you see, the Labour Party have had their chances at various times. The Communist Party almost could have got in, perhaps. How do you fund that? Russia, Russia didn't say communist. China, you know, it's not really communist. Is it? What's that got to do with communism? So the, I, the the practical place we live on. And, on this earth, even if you 
think everyone should be equal. No, they're, they're not. How you push that through practically, yeah, I, I can vote Labour, I've voted Labour once, but I stood on the fence more than anyone else. I've voted Liberal Democrat or Liberal when it was Liberal. And I, no one I've ever voted for has ever got in, so. Yeah, and it's 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 so difficult in that sense because everyone has their personal um, preferences when it comes to politics, and it's annoying. It was annoying for me that you know I've got a very mildly annoying may I add, that I've got to um, put myself align myself completely with a certain political party, and it just yeah it confuses me sometimes when people do because it's like oh so you believe everything that they that they believe in. Um, even if they change their mind, does that mean you believe in what they... I get it. It's a good barometer to go by. Um, but yeah, I mean, the argument is on the, on the right side is to is that to, to bring the poor out of poverty, you need to bring everybody yeah. up. And they lift up. Yeah. Um, but there seems... Yeah. There seems to be quite a lot of deceit um, within... <laughs> the practical um, application of those ideas. Mm. Maybe it's because power ends up corrupting in that sense yeah. um, when people when people get into those places of power. Um, so I, I've, I've, I've moved away from having to answer the question that you asked me because I don't, I don't think anything around us is this or that. It, it, it's it's all of it. It, it, it it's, there's a paradox in, in almost every decision that the, the, the yeah. two exist together you, you, if you have the thing on the left then you must have the right to make the left valid yeah. so, so it's the whole of it that becomes the thing not the polarized it's, it, the, the the main things for me is you've got to have the conversation and you've not got to resort to violence. Those have got to be the sort of staples of having a political conversation or or just politics, like it, it, in general. If we stop having the conversation, that's not going to be a good thing because um, that's when we're, we're not going out of our box to get other people's ideas and then we'll never progress. Mm. Um and then if you resort to violence, also not a good thing. Um, no, that's, that's, that's going to help no one. Um, I, think, I think another time we'll maybe go into politics a bit more because it is very, it's, it's got a, a multitude of angles which we could explore. Um, but I, I'm wanting to, to come to sort of the last section of this. Okay. I wanted to wrap up soon. Um, and... For this series of, of podcasts, what I hope to be a series of podcasts, I'm wanting to have like a, a final question that I kind of ask everyone. Um, but I haven't come up with that yet. I haven't come up with that perfect question to ask someone. So I was wanting to have the discussion with you and try and figure out maybe a question that I could ask every guest and that could be a constant throughout. I thought who better to, to figure that out with than you. I've got, a, I've got a few ideas as well that I'm going to float by it um, to help us along. Okay. Because I quite, I quite like that as a constant um, to ask everyone. Now, the problem with this is we've had quite a... a, a, a um, hmm, some would interpret pretentious conversation. Now, the, because of that, I think um, the, the question that we need to um, ask at the end 
um, of all these podcasts could, can't be too seemingly pretentious. So maybe let's steer away from what are your opinions on the infinite universe consciousness and time itself? Cause that might bowl people over, but maybe something like that in layman's terms. The, the, the place that I was taken to when I was in a working mindset, money earning mindset, I was working in Malaysia and working with a complete range of, of uh, people with religious backgrounds. And one of it's actually a Muslim guy, we were just chatting at one of the venues one time, and he said, Nick, and the word to use were, Nick, do you believe in gods? And he wasn't trying to say, do you believe in, in, in my God? Do you believe in, he just said, do you believe in gods? Do you, and I said to him, uh, and at the time I, I, I had no, no basis of any practice that would move me nearer to a, 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 one of these gods or, or, or a god but I said to him yes I, I do believe in I do believe in a god and he said yeah that's, so do I and, and with incredible astonishment he said you, I was talking to someone else the other day I asked him the same question and he said no I don't believe in any gods or god uh, and the incredulousness <laughs> incredulity he was incredulous anyone could not think of something bigger than themselves something beyond themselves it, it had nothing to do with do you go to church it had nothing to do with anything other than do you believe that something exists beyond your comprehension and he couldn't believe that someone couldn't think there was something beyond his comprehension so that is the question that Nick, I said specifically to steer away from something that is too pretentious and will not. I think another thing is, uh, for this is it can't require too much of a long answer. So you've, it's an awful suggestion is what I'm saying, Nick. Um, although it's a lovely story. I can't have that. I can't oh, have okay. do you believe in gods as the last question. Can I fire some at you? Can I fire some at you? Yes. Okay. Um, so I think this was featured on the, the Joey Barton podcast, of all podcasts. Um, and it, he had like an ending question. And, and the question um, was, what is happiness to you? Which I think is a great ending question. Something that, that, that puts a nice bow on the podcast and ends on a positive. What is happiness to you? Um, rate that out of 10 for me, Nick. That's a good question. <laughs> what a and, do you, want, do you want an answer? I want a number out of 10. How do you rate that question? I'll tell you the question. Rate uh, that question out of 10. I reckon that's quite high. That's an eight or a nine. Uh, yeah, but, but then the floor of it is that I'm copying it off. A Joey Barton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> For me, that incident thing, if I said, oh, I believe in God, people oh, I'm just going to vomit, right? But if you said uh, there's something infinite beyond me, 
infinite is a word sometimes used when you don't know what else to describe something that's beyond you. Mm. And if you, it, it, because if I, if I start to constrain something down, I've, I've squashed it. If I want to make it this or that, I've squashed it. And it's not, it's fucking infinite. Everything, it's, everything is fucking infinite. If you look at the probability that these atoms are where they are and you try and define where each one is, you, you, your head will explode. It's just a piece of paper. There's infinity in this piece of paper. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yes, but I believe it is. It is infinite. Everything, just our existence has come from an infinite source. Now, I, I don't know what that is. And I, I, can, I, I don't know so many things. But... It's infinite. Well, I don't. I, I don't know. I think. I think that could be. I think. I think you saying that um, and going on that semi rant about infinity. Yeah. Has yeah. Made me, I think. I think that could be the ending question. It could be if yeah. there was one thing. So for for each podcast, so you go. If there's one thing that you would want people to take away from this discussion, what would it be? Because that would be a perfect answer yes. from particular. If you're opening the, you cl- you're closing the book, <laughs> and you're allowing them to have a modest rant, <laughs> which I just did. You're giving them the space to go. Well, what's most important thing to you, or and you're allowing them to vomit it out. Yeah, but I think if you limit it to this podcast, if you go, if you go from because because then it, it closes the book on this bit of audio as a whole instead of opening up a new avenue of conversation because if i were to ask yes. what is the biggest lesson you've learned in years of years of living that might really be the the answer might be so interesting that i i can't help but end it there but if i say <laughs> if i say if there's one thing that you want to take away from this conversation sorry one thing that you want people to take away from this conversation limits it podcast because i think the answer that you just gave applies if i were to ask this question so it would be because we've talked a lot about infinity so i think that that is a nice bow to it what a horrible rambling end to this podcast what a perfectly (laughs) rambling end what an infinite this can just just go on forever (laughs) this is this is very happy This is the one time where it is going to be rambling because with this newfound question, now it's going to it's going to cut to a nice ending, and then I'm going to put this lovely music in the background. Maybe it's fading up now. Hmm. Oh yeah. Nice fade. Maybe we're just smoothing out of this podcast. Thank you very much, Nick, for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. It's brilliant. Same time next week, if you want.